And at this point, I'd like to welcome to the stage um, Reverend Dr. Patrick Cameron, who's going to sing and play for us. Obviously, it's not a solo effort, as you can tell, but I am going to be part of this with beautiful Anna Bowman. It's her birthday today. She's twenty-seven. Twenty. <laughs> come, come, whoever you are, wanderer. And it doesn't matter if you've broken your vows a thousand times before and yet again. Come 
In this very room, please feel free. And if not, please stay seated. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very This very room, in this very room. And so I invite you to know with me as we stand together in this awareness, in this vibration of the Most High, that, that Spirit, this, this power for good is everywhere present. And the reason it, that is so is because you and I agree to that. We say yes. And so I invite your yes my yes to meet in this moment, knowing that the highest possibility of the vibration of the Most High is present here and now. And so that becomes such a pristine environment that the thoughts and ideas that bubble up for us as we share our consciousness in this space together today is blessed, ordained, and powerful and wonderful. So whatever arises for me or arises for you is an opportunity to look and to look deeply and to look into my own being and see what perspective I bring to that, what choices I make. What am I saying yes to? What am I saying no to? And so I, I step into this acute and beautiful awareness this day. And I give thanks for the ability to think and to choose, to stand pristine in this moment with you and understand that all of us, each and every one of us, eternal, divine. And on this journey of life, we have found and created this beautiful, empowering, incredible community 
latching on to this wonderful tradition and teaching founded by Dr. Ernest Holmes. But he is standing and stood upon the shoulders of giants and he continues to do so. And we stand upon his shoulders. And so I give thanks this day for the opportunity to bring greater and greater awareness, mindfulness, and insight into my yes and my no. I support you in that and I support myself in that because that is the pathway to freedom. That is the pathway to joy. That is the pathway to abundance, celebration, possibility, creativity, vibrant health. And so I give thanks this day knowing that all that is alive in this moment. And whatever is the highest and most beautiful opportunity for you or I to step into in alignment with this declaration that I make because that which which I say, I become. And so your agreement, your yes in this, my words allow them to be your words in this yes. The finest the most beautiful and the highest possibility right here, right now. And for this, I give thanks, knowing it is already done in the mind of the one, and I release anything and everything as I invite you to do as well that is in opposition to anything I have just expressed. Together we say, and so it is. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. What a beautiful energy today. Yeah. Yeah. Is that somebody saying something, or am I just hearing that voice in my head? Yeah. So, I brought my triangle with me. I have a little triangle here from the Kaza in uh, Abhijandi, which is uh, the John of God um, environment. And I, I, brought, I bought a, um, a triangle there, and I brought it back. And I was reading through Don Miguel Ruiz Jr.'s book last night and this morning, and I thought, what a great illustration. So in Abhijandi, one of the, the purposes of the triangle, rather than a cross or anything else, you know, a, a labyrinth or a um, Celtic... Uh, not or whatever it may be, all the symbols that uh, we have upon the planet, is the triangle represents, I've got it here, it's all in Portuguese though, it's faith, love, and charity. And, and so the triangles are much bigger than this, they're in, in a couple locations there, and so people can write out their prayer and then they can go up to the triangle and put their prayer in there. And I'll share a story with you today about that uh, in a few minutes. But anyway, so the wonderful thing about Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. is he's just such a great energy. And we had him here Friday, and, and, um, and I, I shared with him at dinner that night that the first uh, date, well, it wasn't really a date, we, just were, we were walking in the park for several days and when I met my, um, my beautiful partner, Laura, and she, and she had tickets to go and I had tickets to go, and I said, let's go together. So we went to this event together. And we went to see his dad speak at the Simi Valley Center for Positive Living. And he was talking about the four agreements. And it was just, the place was packed with people. And, and as he was speaking, this great big bumblebee flew in, down, right, right down the aisle. Just flew down the middle of the aisle. It got into the, so the, the doors were on either side in the back. And it flew in and it got to the center aisle. And then it just made a bee, as bees will do, a beeline straightforward and he's standing there holding the microphone and, and as the bee got about within five feet he stopped and he looked and then the bee landed on the microphone and then he just stood there with the bee and he looked at the bee and the bee probably looked at him I don't know what bees do but didn't you know I mean I would have probably been swatting the bee and he just stood there and then the bee got went back down the aisle and went back out the door and I thought, this guy brought his own bees with him. This is incredible. <laughs> so I shared that story with him. And then and Don Miguel Jr. said at Friday night at dinner, he said, well, did he tell you the story about the bee and the honey? And I said, no, I don't, I don't, he might have, but I don't remember. You tell me. And he goes, I don't remember either. So, okay. So now I've been looking for that story, but I can't find it. But anyway, 
Um, but he represents this beautiful legacy of the Toltec. And the Toltec is, is that ancient tradition, and it's an oral tradition. And the reason it's oral is because at the time that, that it, and it's, so it's been with that indigenous people for a long time. And he, to, he gave some of the background and the lineage on Friday evening uh, during his, uh, his sharing. Uh, but so what happened is the powers that be, you know, moved in and the, and the more organized forms of worship, which were also very much attached to politics, um, repressed that. And so the reason it became uh, an oral tradition is if it was written down, it became evidence. And then if the powers that be had evidence, of course, then there would be punishment. And so in order to not uh, be at the hands of the punishment, it became oral. And, then, and so we, but the Toltec is a beautiful, beautiful uh, tradition. You know, don't take anything personal. Be impeccable with your word. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. The fifth, the fifth um, agreement is be skeptical, but, always, but listen, which is really powerful. And he fleshed it out. So it was wonderful to hear him string it all together uh, on Friday evening. So be skeptical, but listen. And then we, we talk, and of course, his is the five levels of, the five levels of attachment, and the first one is, you know, the first level that I spoke about last week is that first stage, which is be the authentic self. And so he explained that beautifully, fleshed that out. Our authentic self is who and what we are. It's just a given. And then what happens is we have life experiences, and then all of a sudden we create stories. And in the stories, we start to move out of that level of attachment to preferences, and then we go to identity, and then we, be, then we embody that, and then we become a fanatic, is to go through the five real quickly, is that once we, become, when, once we become driven by the knowledge, then we become fanatical. And so then there's no opportunity for anything because we know what we know, and anybody else that, that has a different opinion is wrong. And so then, our, then, so in the authentic self, what we're interested in, or that what can be the possibility there, is we're interested in discovery, in understanding, and revelation. But as soon as we move into some of the stronger attachments, we move out of that, and then our, our, our focus becomes being right. Anybody can relate to that? So here's this, yeah, thank you. So here's this triangle, and you see it. And, but, but if I were to hold this up, if I were to hold this up and do this with it, are you still able to imagine the triangle? Yeah. So if I came, even if I didn't show you the triangle and I came out like this, with, like this and did this, and your mind would make up a story that there's another piece to this triangle. And if I had another one of these that I didn't, wasn't concerned about damaging this one, I would have done that with it. But, but um, uh, the point being is, is that our minds, we've had experiences in life. We've had experiences with people. We've had experiences with love. We've had experiences with career. We've had experiences with our faith, with our spiritual leaders, with politics. And so what happens after a while is all of a sudden we see our neighbors doing something they've done 300 times. And even though they haven't done it again yet, our mind makes up the story that here we go again, which based on past history is probably going to be true. But isn't necessarily true. So if I'm in the if I'm in the in the, the level one attachment, which is the authentic self, then I stand there and go, wow, this this is an opportunity for newness. But if I'm in the attach and if I'm in the uh, the um, at- uh, the level two, which is preference, then I can say, wow, let's see what happens here. I think I know what's going to happen, but maybe it won't happen this time. And I'm okay if it happens or it doesn't happen, because it's just my neighbor, and that's what my neighbor does. And then we move through that to identity. Identity, I believe it's identity, internalization, and then to fanaticism. So as soon as we see, if we're in fanaticism, as soon as we see our neighbor doing something, right away we go into the fanaticism and we realize, oh, there he goes again. Or maybe we're excited about it, who knows, you know? 
Maybe our, we have a neighbor that leaves bags of gold out on every Friday at 6.30. <laughs> if I had a neighbor that did that at 6.31, I'd be standing there waiting to pick the bag of gold up. You know what I mean? But so, so with this, with this um, our minds are just amazing. And, and, and we know that. That's why Holmes called this, Dr. Holmes called this the science of mind. Our teaching is really, at the beginning of our textbook, he talks about our teaching is one of freedom. And so what's the freedom about? How can I be free on this planet? Because there's so much stuff that goes on. So many things happen. How can I be free? All these pressures. Financial, health. Every time you go on the internet, there's a new nine ways to be you know, healthy. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. How to get rid of belly fat. I mean, it's just, there's that one commercial where the guy draws real fast. I've clicked on that, and then the guy's draw. It's like 45 minutes later, they still don't get to the product. They don't get to the solution. It's like, I don't have all day for this. Can we cut to the chase? I don't even go on those things anymore. So I know. So there I made an assumption. There could be great information there, but I'm not going to wait 45 minutes to get. could be life-changing. I'm not waiting. No, nope, you can't tell me in five minutes. I don't have time. I'm too busy. I'm entrenched. But I mean, there's all of these things, are there not? And so freedom is... For me, freedom is if I'm in my authentic self and I come in here with you, if I've done my prayer work and I'm grounded and I've given. So for me, it's, it's, there's two things that allow me to be in the third kingdom of, of I love the, the, the four kingdoms of consciousness and it's, it ties in so beautifully with this fanaticism. Because when you're a fanatic, you're in victim consciousness. Because everything affects you. You know, God, God forgive you if you show up and you're in opposition to what I believe because I know the answers and you're all messed up. I mean, that's what the mindset is in, the, in fanaticism. But if I'm in the kingdom one of, of, not kingdom one, but if I'm in the first level of attachment, which is authentic self, then I show up with you. Then what I'm able to do is I'm able to make eye contact with you. And I'm, I'm present with you because I don't have an agenda. We may have history, we may have stories, but, but my choice in this moment is that if I've done my forgiveness work, and believe me, my forgiveness work really has to be for myself. If I have done my forgiveness work at any depth, then I can show up and I can be present with you. But if I'm not in that, if, I don't have, if I'm in that state of being and all of a sudden I'm, I've got all these opinions about you and I'm, I'm pulling up the, the biases and, the, and, and why I'm right and you're wrong and why I think you're entrenched and that you're... All that stuff, then I probably won't even make eye contact with you. And then I'm, then I'm in judgment and then what I do is I shut down the relationship. Because there's something energetically, there's something powerful beyond our words and beyond our opinions that's going on here if we open ourselves to it. But that's the challenge. Here, Vranya, come on up here. I'll show you because Thomas is filming. Would you just, can you step up? I'm going to bring Vranya up here. Thank you, Vranya. This is Vranya and she's married to Thomas and he's doing the camera so I thought I'd better get a picture with her today. <laughs> Look how beautiful she is. Isn't she beautiful? So if I bring, she's lovely. Oh, come here. No, no, no. Come on, don't. Let's get a picture of you. So Verania's here. So Verania's here. And if I do this, I bring Verania up and I go. Mm, pardon me? He's going to hit me? <laughs> no, he's not. But, but see? See the story she made up? He's got a, is that what you said? He's going to hit me? Oh, that's beautiful. I kiss his hand all the time, too. You're just not around. But if, but, if, but if I do that, what is the story you make up about that? Because if, if you've had a, if that looks to you um, in a way that's inappropriate, then there's a story you have about that. Uh, you know, or that, what's he got going on with Rania? Which, by the way, is nothing. I just love her. <laughs> and I, you know, I love you and, and admire you. And you've been, a, you know, just you're an angel in God's, uh, an angel of God in form. 
But, but the point being is we all have stories around that. We all have various degrees of co- uh, comfort with intimacy. Uh, we can make up stories, oh, he probably did something a few months ago that really upset Branya and he's met, trying to make it look good in front of everyone. But really what it is, all it is is an illustration of how we, our minds, we have all this history and our minds are, what's he doing? Why didn't he bring, you know, like Carmian's thinking, why didn't he bring me up here and kiss, kiss my hand? All those things that go on. <laughs> oh, it's your voice. I get it now. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. I'm going to help you down. Then. So that's perfect. So, but the point is, with the illustration is that things happen in life. You know, what's the motive? What's the thing? And so if I'm in my authentic self and, I'm, and I can be present with Veranya and she can be present with me, it's a different relationship. There's a, there's a communication and it's lovely. It's beautiful. It's powerful. But as soon as I start to move into deeper and deeper levels of attachment that relationship changes, and I change, and then I, can, and then I close down in some capacity. And I loved it because what, it, what, what Don Miguel Jr. said is that, you know, we don't live this stuff. We don't, you know, like he said, I'm Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. And he said, you know, this, this idea this, that I will be impeccable with my word at all times, that I will never take anything personally, that I won't make assumptions, and I'll always do my best. And he said, when I first found that stuff, he said, this was difficult because I was always doing all that stuff. I was always making assumptions. I was not being mindful of what I was saying. I was um, taking everything personally. And I was not always doing my best. But he said, that, and the challenge is, so when you start to say, I'm going to live this way, and then you don't live this way, then this way becomes another way to beat ourselves up and tell ourselves we're not good enough because we can't do it 24-7. I mean, I just, have an, I just made an opinion. I just judged it. And so then what, it ha- what happens for us is that we start to close ourselves down because we judge ourselves. And that's why the forgiveness work is so powerful. See, the place that the forgiveness work has to happen is right here. And, and I love what he says in the book. He said, you know, what, what he's done is we have the memories of places where we've done things. We would, if we could go back and redo it, we'd do them differently. But what happens for us is that when it, we, we come to that awareness, we start to use that as fuel to, uh, to criticize and close ourselves down and to judge ourselves. But he says what he's learned is that to tell himself, this is a new moment. I'm new in this moment. And yes, I made those choices then, but now I make new choices here. And it's a much healthier perspective. So how do you get there? How do you, because it just seems so far away sometimes, doesn't it? And what he says is the fifth agreement is so important. Be skeptical. Be skeptical. But think. So we can start there. You, can, you come in here and you say, I don't know. I don't know if my beliefs, I don't know if I'm, I control my life. I don't know if I live in freedom. What is, what is the belief I have about freedom? What is the belief, belief I have about choice? And, and, and so if we were skeptical, if we, even when we start out with that skepticism, but we'll think, allow ourselves to think and to examine because in the authentic self, the journey's about discovery. The journey's about the revelation of truth. As we get more and more attached, it becomes, the, the journey becomes the quest to be right. And the quest to be right is a very popular idea. So when we can pull ourselves back and realize that, okay, this is so preference. I love the, the state of preference attachment, that I'm, I've decided that I'm going to do this activity. My preference is, see, I've said yes to be here with you today to the best of my ability. So my yes has, has, has influenced all of the choices I've made over the last couple of days. 
which is mindfulness about paying attention. Because what I've done is I'm in agreement with this, this infinite intelligence to say, please guide me and direct me into speaking to them the, the most potent and heartfelt needs of the community, which is typically my most important heartfelt needs. So I'm always amazed at the things I talk about when people come up to me and say, wow, I didn't, couldn't believe you talked about what I needed to hear today. Well, I'm talking about what I need to hear. So I don't, I don't necessarily take into account um, you individually, but what I'm doing is I realize this is a lie for me. This is a story that's come up for me. And, and, and it probably is a signpost for me to move into that area of my own examination and my own inquiry so that I can speak to it because I think that's what the call is. It's answering the call. You got up this morning, as Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. said on Friday night, and you said yes to being here. You're, it's evidence that you said yes to being here. You're here. There are people, members of our community, people that participate that are not here. So they said no. Now, a lot of them don't say no just because they, you know, they get up and say, I'm not going today because that guy just, you know, he annoys me. Or, or, but, but there's typically things that happen in life where we're, we're always in the place we need to be. That's what I love about our teaching. You know, I can't send you to hell. I, I'm not taking attendance. You know, we don't get, you don't get merits for showing up or not marrying up. You are called, you answer the call, or you don't answer the call. But it's, you said yes to this. So what Dr. Holmes has done in affirmative prayer, when you sit down with a practitioner, the question will be, what, what, what the way we, we trained is to listen. To listen from level one, which is authentic self. Tell me your story. Because your story is all made up of perceptions. Your story is all about the, 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 the stuff that's happened in your life that has brought you to this moment. And so we let the, the person that comes in and says, I'd like prayer support, tell their story because it has to be lifted. There's a form of forgiveness in the listening. So as a practitioner, it's really to sit in that, that state of grace with the individual and listen and pay attention, but to not give it any power. And as it comes up, to just simply bless it and bless and release, bless and release, bless and release. Because it's sacred. It's your journey. It's your story. You could have come no other way. You had to have that experience. But then, we, then the question becomes, and what would you like support for? So what happens in the prayer work is that we ask, what's your yes? What are you saying yes to? Are, say, are you saying yes to possibility? Are you saying yes to, to prosperity? Are you saying yes to greater creative expression? Are you saying yes to completing the things that maybe perhaps are going on in your life that you'd like to bring to completion? See, this is the freedom. It doesn't mean there won't be effort doesn't mean it won't be hard. It doesn't mean that there won't be obstacles. One of the things I love about Marsha Sutton, I'm teaching the principles of financial freedom right now, and I love that curriculum. I love the information. It's just powerful. She said one of the reasons that we create, well, she said, number one, debt, debt in our lives, financial debt represents doubt. Debt equals doubt. And one of the reasons that we create debt is to build the consciousness and build the faith to prepare ourselves for the other things that will come up in our lives so we can move forward. So when we understand it from that perspective and realize, wow, I've created this limitation in my life to help build my consciousness. Rather than I've created this debt in my life because I'm a loser and I suck at it and I'm no good with money and every time I get some, it goes out the other door. Somebody was sharing with me the other day that they had a bunch of money come in and then, the, and then all the money went out and I said, well, from what, from what I hear you telling me, you were planning on hanging on to all that money. And that didn't happen. She said, you're right. And I said, but what if the money, the, the consciousness that created that inflow of money, which is also the consciousness that says, I'm going to take care of all my debts in a way that are wonderful. I'm going to pay all my bills on time. I'm going to continue to establish that trust and faith. See, your trust and faith with the bank 
is, is just simply a minor player in your trust and face with yourself. So, I mean, finances is a really wonderful place to start because if you're paying your bills on time, what you're telling yourself is, I can trust myself. So then I can go out and I can take on, I can take out more, more practical indebtedness, which is not, it's not credit card, non-secured debt, but people trust you. So if you have a mortgage, there's somebody that trusts you. You've, you've got a track record where someone says, we trust this person. They pay their, their bills on time, but you build that faith. I have a mortgage, but I don't sit around all week long and worry and pray I'm going to pay the mortgage. I've made an agreement with myself. I'm going to pay the mortgage. And so then I go about my business. I go about my business, and part of what my business is is that I, I do arithmetic. I love it. One of the quotes we had in, in Financial Freedom this week is Bertrand Russell said that most people would rather die than learn arithmetic. Because when you come to the teaching and you say, I have everything I need and I'm blessed and pressed on and overflowing, and that's a wonderful idea, but if you don't do arithmetic, you may be in fantasy on that. So I, I, do you understand what I'm saying? It's, you say yes to this possibility, but then you also, you know, you also do the arithmetic. So it's, it's, it's interesting how it all works together, but what are we saying yes to? Because if we say yes, if we, if we say no to greater prosperity, greater possibility, I mean, what a great inspiration to see Don Miguel Ruiz. He's written this, this simple little book on the five levels of attachment. Simple, simple, beautiful, powerful. I'm sitting there for three hours on Friday night or whatever it was, two hours, two and a half, and I thought, it's so simple. What are you saying yes to? I mean, that's what we teach. We just have a form of affirmative prayer. We sit down with a, someone, we get with a practitioner because a practitioner can help hold us at a, at a higher level of possibility. You sit with a practitioner because you want to say, hey, I need your support. I need your love and support. So that the possib- So when we come together as a community, this is what we're doing right now. We're talking about, we're starting to have the conversation about where we go forward. And what we're going to do is we're going to involve as many stakeholders or key players as possible. So then we can come in and, and if we get together in a collective yes, then the possibilities show up. And then the opportunities show up and people that want to support the vision. That's part of casting, casting a vision. But it's based on the collective, yes. And it can be whatever we decide. We decide this is it, this is good enough. And that's the collective. Then you go, okay, this is the collective. Because really it's about changing consciousness. We're here to transform consciousness. We have wonderful music. I love the musicians. I mean, all that stuff is perfect. But to just come in every Sunday and listen to the music, it would not have the potency it has to also share the, the philosophy and the message. And likewise, to just have the message without the music. So it's a mosaic of possibility. And what we want to do, see, eventually what will happen for you, and it happens for many of you, you'll come here, and the music will be wonderful, and the message will will be powerful, but you will listen to yourself in a deeper and deeper way. And so that's why we keep coming back together, because we're always shifting and changing. And then the communication that, see, when I was in Brasilia, one of the reasons I want to go back, I want you to have the experience and people keep coming to me and sharing with me what their ex- my experience was. Because they've got a story in their head. And they go, oh yeah, I know what it was. Because one time this happened, one time that happened. And, 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 and I, I just have to say, oh, you know, okay. Because that, we need a story to wrap around it. And yet part of the beautiful thing about that experience is, is it's unexplainable. It's beyond words. It's, and, and, and I believe that that's the energy we represent here. When you walk in here, our, 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 our yes is that this is a sacred space so that whoever is seeking healing or insight or awareness has that opportunity, despite the words, despite the music.
When the music is really bad, it's a, it's a distraction. When the talk really is flat, it's a distraction. I know that. So hopefully, we, we do our prayer, not hopefully, but intentionally, we do our prayer work to, to lift that vibration up. It's exactly what happens in Brazil. It's just that it's not done intellectually. It's done energetically. And so that, for me, is just so rich and wonderful. And I, and I continue to feel that vibration. There's a story I was going to tell you about the, the triangle. So in Abhijandi, the triangle hangs on the wall, and I'm reading a book called Spiritual Journeys by a woman by the name of Gail Thackeray, and it's a wonderful book. If you're interested about knowing more about uh, John of God, it's her experience, and she's a psychic, mystic medium, and she's been there several times. And she talks about sitting outside in one of the courtyards, and there's a triangle there that people put prayers in. And believe me, I put a ton of prayers in when I was there for our community, for my own consciousness, for my family, everybody I love. I said, hey, I'm here. I'm putting prayer requests in, just like we do here with practitioners. No different. This is what I'm saying yes to. This is what I want support for. Energetically, I want this support. Because it's not just here. It's everywhere. So we call it one thing. But where, where do our prayers, when we do our practitioner, where do our prayers go? Well, they don't go anywhere. They're, they're to shift and change our, our consciousness. But in the shifting and changing of our consciousness, what we do is we open to a bigger experience. The same thing is happening there. They just do it in a more traditional way. So it's very interesting because what they do is they talk about being in the current and your, your consciousness is being scrubbed and cleansed at a very deep level. The healing is done in the current or that vibration. And, I just, and, and it's so tangible. It's like, oh, yeah, I get this. I get this. But at one point, Gail Thackeray is sitting outside at one of the triangles, and her friend had come from England and said, I want to say a prayer for this baby. And the baby, they identified with the problem. And, and I can't remember what it was. It was a, a, two terms I'm not familiar with, so fairly rare, I would imagine. Taze, what is it? Taze Sachs. Thank you. She said, Let's, where, how should I do the prayer for the baby Taze Sachs, which is the name of the... The challenge, and uh, just as she was sitting there, they were sitting next to the triangle, she felt a bolt of energy go through her. And she said, it was just like I was hit by a, a bolt of lightning. And she said, what should I write? And she said, I don't think you need to write anything. I think it's already happened. Because it was in the instant where that, that whatever needed to happen energetically happened. And she said, I know that. But she said, what I also got is that we can no longer call this baby Tay Sachs. We have to call the baby by its name. And Dr. Holmes was really clear about this. The reason that we use the name in prayer treatment is we capture the vibration. And we don't want to be identified with, with the patholo- the, the, the discord or the disease. So to see one another in the highest possibility. It's exactly what we teach. What is the highest possibility of the condition that's going on? Because that's the freedom we have. Our choices are powerful. But, and, and when we're in this authentic self, this, this pristine state of being where we're the observer and we look at life and people, he tells a story, Don Miguel tells a story of bringing a, a um, workman into his house to, to install something. And the workman, he, so he says, I always like to get to know people and having spent time with him, this is, this is really true, he, he's just such a, 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 a bundle of curiosity and, and graciousness. And so this, the, the, I'll, I'll pull the book up here, I've got it marked, but he, he talks about this experience. This man came in to do this work and they get talking and says, he says to him, he spoke about, he got into talking about religion because Don Miguel says, well, I go out and I, t- I teach spiritual principles. And so they got talking and the man said, well, I, I, he said, well, my pastor in the teachings of my church says there's only one way. Anybody know anybody like that? But this is a level of attachment which would be called fanaticism. 
There's only one way. He said, I didn't argue with him. I just listened to what he was saying. And by my grandmother's application and the, and the Miguel Ruiz legacy of grandmother, she's the one that carried this information forward from her great-great-grandfather, who was the, he lived to be 116, as Don Miguel Jr. said the other night. He said, he said I just listened to what he was saying. And by my grandmother's application, that is learning, just listening. He said, as he was leaving, he said to me, when I die... I only have to answer to one person, and if I'm wrong, well, I'll find out then. His, he went on to tell me that the reason he, be, he believes is not because he has love or faith, but because he wants to get into heaven. Isn't it interesting? But I mean, there's a lot of people that, that operate. What a beautiful, all I have to say is, what a beautiful thing to have in our lives, to realize heaven is, is here. Heaven is today. Now, in Abhijani, I read several books that have given me some insight into the other mansions, as Jesus talked about, and I think that they're probably accurate to some degree. Uh, but, but, so life is a continuum, and it's based on a home set. It's an outward and upward spiral of consciousness. But this idea that this whole idea that I've had a number of people share with me, I just want to get into heaven. I just want to do enough work. I want to, that's that meritocracy of I'm going to earn my way into something. And if you're not in heaven today, it ain't going to be when you're out of the body. I got news for you. If you think all your work is going to be complete because you just latched onto this one idea and there's only one way because my preacher tells me it's so, even for me, be skeptical but think. And so here's, here's someone representing a mindset that's very popular. And there's nothing wrong with this. From the authentic self, from preference. This is not my preference. I love it. I was shared a few number of years ago, and people will share things with me now. Because I go out in the world like you do, and there's people out there that, you know, I tell them who I am, and all of a sudden, they, you know, they've got a minister that has told them that, you know, this is the only way, and, this is, and I'm the only one that can convey the message, and on and on and on. And they want me to know that as well. And I'll say, well, I can't come on Sunday to be with you because I'm pretty busy on Sunday myself. <laughs> but the point being is, is that when we can stand in that and just say, well, tell me more. And understand that, that where that person is is right and perfect for them. And it may not be my preference. So then what I say to people when they really press me is that doesn't represent my position. I think that, I think that a loving God, an inclusive vibrational energy is not a person, it is a principle. I believe that my thoughts and my choices each and every moment determine my experience in life. I choose to be here in freedom with you. This is just me. I can't, I can't fake this. This is who I am. And that's who you are. And if we meet there and we do our inquiry and we ask what, and, and then when you're reacting to something, my role or my opportunity or I'm reacting to something, you say, why are you reacting to that? Well, it's based on a belief. Where did I learn that belief? Well, I get to ask myself, where did that come from? Did I come up with that or was that given to me? How, how is this belief affecting me? Well, if it's, if it's shutting me down, I might not want that belief anymore. Am I using the belief well? Is my, well, is my belief propelling me towards what I love? Because I want to live in the freedom and the joy and the celebration of life. And I want, every, I want that for everyone. I don't want it for me. I don't think it's limited. And do I still need that belief? And the, the thing about this as well that I think we miss sometimes, Laura and I were talking the other day about our children. And there was an article on the internet that said that this generation that's coming up has a different mindset about moving forward. Many, many, many of them are still living at home with their parents. 
If you have one at home with you right now, as Laura and I do, this may go on for quite some time, according to the article. And they have a different approach to work. And they have a different approach to a lot of things. Because they feel like they deserve something. And what I know about it is, is I've helped contribute to this. If we look back over the several, last several generations, people came out of the Depression, you know, where people were happy to have the next meal, and they were happy to have a, a room that was protecting them from the elements and all of that stuff that that generation came. And so then another generation came along, and there were a couple of world wars in there, and people came in, and they said, you know what, we can live a more prosperous life. And homes started to go up, and we started to buy, be able to buy cars because of mass production and the quality of life, and plumbing got better. We didn't have to go down to the river and get water so we could live farther out. There were pipes and sanitation and so all those things that happened. So life became easier, and so then what a lot of people said is, I would like this to be easier for my children. And so we've done this and done this and done this in generations, and I will say, I'll be the first to say, I've done this as well. You know, let's make it really easy for my children so they, they can really up-level their experience. But what I know about it is, is the greatest obstacles and, and, and challenges I've had in my life have helped me grow my consciousness. And so the fine line is, what's the difference between allowing our children to struggle and to grow their consciousness and to grow their abilities to, to when they create debt, to build the faith and the, and the tools and the techniques to move out of debt, wherever it may be, whether it's financial, emotional, or spiritual, or where there's limitation in their lives to overcome that because if they don't have the experience of limitation, how do they ever grow the capacity and the stamina and the wisdom to propel themselves out of it? Because we can't give that to them. And so, you know, I've used this metaphor a few times, but I love the metaphor of the salmon. The salmon don't swim upstream where the water's real calm. And the reason they don't do that is they're smart enough instinctively to know that where the water's real calm, they're probably going to land on rocks. So they go right into the middle of the stream where the current is the strongest, and they leap, and they leap, and they leap, because they know when they land, they're going to be safe. But as soon as we take our children out of the stream and try to make it easy for them, and this is, the, this is the wisdom and the art for all of us to understand. Without the obstacles, without the struggle, we can never move to the freedom. And so how do we parent ourselves and those that we love around us to empower them and to give them the wings to move forward in a powerful, amazing way? Because when you come to this teaching and we're told your life is perfect, you're perfect, whole, and complete, and life, it's life of joy and freedom, well, I'm for that, I want joy and freedom. But if we haven't gone through our own evolution, and, and so the, the five levels of attachment, the fifth level of attachment, fanaticism, is a really, really powerful level. You can't skip that. You've got to know what it's like to be a fanatic. So that when you start to slip into fanatic, you can say, I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, that's right, I remember, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to do my best today to, to live to the five agreements. Or whatever it may be. Or you find yourself falling into victim consciousness. I, Wait a minute, I'm not doing that anymore doesn't mean you don't go there. It just doesn't mean you stay there. You have the awareness. The key to transformation is awareness. To all transformation is awareness. And so when we, we, we can stay skeptical, but we continue to think is one of the first most powerful steps because we may not believe it all, but it could be possible. What if life was easier? Hmm. Doesn't mean it will be. It, it doesn't mean it won't be without its challenges, It'll just mean that what I understand where I am now is an opportunity for me to shift and change my consciousness if I choose to do so and do my work and do my practice. 
See, as we shift and change, it's the having the discernment to say what once worked no longer works. This strategy worked for me. I love the strategy. For a long time, I had to protect myself because I wanted to be in that safety net. And I realized as long as I believed the world was a, was a harmful place, I never moved out of that net. And so that strategy doesn't work for me anymore. So now I can move in the world in a different way because what I know is that what I need to know at the times I need to know are made clear. Because part of my declaration, part of my prayer work is that if it's right and perfect, make it clear. And if it's not, make it obvious. See, that's the freedom. And so when it's not in the highest and best, I'll find myself hesitating. I'll find myself doors not opening. I'll find the opportunities not there. And I'll say, you know what? It's probably not time for this. I'm not, maybe I'm not ready. Maybe they're not ready. I've worked with a lot of people over the years that are selling homes. And they get frustrated because they want to put the house on the market. Linda, you would know. Put the house on the market and have it sold in three days. And a lot of times it doesn't happen. And what it could be many times is if you're affirming the highest and best for the next experience with this, that location might not be available right now. So it's not that your timing is off or your intention isn't supported. It's just that it's not. There's a lot of things involved with this. There's 7 billion people on the planet. They may have a little bit to, to say with this as well. So it's always in divine time. Spirit's delay is not spirit's denial. What once worked is no longer necessary because things change and you change and grow. He says this, the the key thing from Don Miguel, and I completely agree with it, is remember to proceed with two things, self-respect and self-love. Self-respect, self-love. Self-respect, self-love. And why? Because when we respect ourselves, we honor ourselves, we know who we are, and it's not contingent upon that something miraculous has to happen for our self-value to be validated. There's another trap. My life's not wonderful, so I'm not important, I don't matter. So how can I possibly give myself self-respect because I'm not measuring up to my expectations? That's a whole, whole distorted way of loving and supporting yourself. It's this right now. Finding the, the capacity right now to love and self and respect yourself. And the reason it's so important is because if we don't own it, if I don't own it, I can't respect you. You cannot give what you do not have. We just can't. It's beyond our capacity. You have to have, to have the self-respect. You have to do the inquiry. You have to find the self-love. The most challenging and, and confrontational people I've, I've experienced in my life have been the ones that will come at me, and they'll come at me in a variety of ways, and they, the, the lack of self-respect is self-evident. And it's not that I don't, you know, I, and for me, I get it, and I, I realize it's unresolved and unhealed stuff going on. I just don't want to hang out with them. Where does, that, where does that take me when someone comes up and points out all my flaws that, that I mirror their incompleteness? It's just no fun to hang out with them. And so I'm, I'm enrolled in doing my work, but I know that I have to do my work in my prayer chair. Where can I do my forgiveness work? Where can I find the gratitude in the small things, in this day, in this moment, which is beautiful. This perfect moment is beautiful to be with you. And then we go home and we find ways to do it in our homes in the small ways and to celebrate life with the ones we love, little baby over here, you know, just this new life sitting here, taking this whole talk in. I wish my mother had held me in an environment like this when I was that old. I'd just, who knows, I'd be be the Pope by now, who knows? (laughs) 
I don't know if I'd want to be the Pope. It's just it's an awful lot of obligations, I think. But, but the point being is that so the self-love, you know, when we, we find ourselves attached in the ways and opinions about ourselves, is it serving us? Where did this come from? Do I want to keep believing this about myself? Or am I available to something new and possible? And what's the newness that wants to happen? And Because uh, I keep making stuff up. But when we start to catch ourselves, say, oh, I'm making that up again. I'm making that up again. And so as we open to that and we stay present with that, we still, you know, we still pay attention driving our cars. We still, t- we still do our arithmetic and pay our bills. We're, you know, our, our challenge is we don't get to go to the mountaintop for two or three months at a time and descend. We're in the world, and the world's busy, and the world's got all these opinions. There's, there's fanatics in the world. And what the fanatics are looking for is your agreement. And I'm not, just like this guy installing something in Don Miguel's house. He believes this. It's precious to him. It's sacred to him. He's not going to change that. He said, I don't need to fight with him. I've heard everything he has to say. I listened. And he, and he realized this doesn't represent me. And to have that perspective is just the, the sanity of life. There may be things we hear that we totally agree with. And, fan, and, and it fuels our passion and it aligns with our core values. That's wonderful. But that's the journey of life. That's the journey of life. And so don't catch yourself judging yourself because you weren't impeccable all day long. You said something to someone that, that wasn't true. You, you, you found yourself pandering to someone or making up a story about what somebody thinks about you. All that stuff, we all do it. We all do it. You know, you know sometimes there are people that, that are here that, that I think are avoiding me and then I'll find out later that they're in crisis. They've lost a loved one. They're going through an illness or whatever it is. But if I allow myself to go home and say, well, you know, so-and-so is not talking to me, and I, and I make it personal without finding out and having more information, it just diminishes the relationship. But, but I, so how many times have I done that in my life? But I want to live in freedom, and I want to say yes. What are you saying yes to? I want to say yes to love. I want to say yes to, to prosperity and abundance. I want to say yes to health, vibrant, wonderful health. I mean, we have this teaching in our life. We have the possibility of taking our lives anywhere we want. We have this. So many people don't even know about this. So many people are fanatics. And, it, and, and so to have this perspective, not that we have to convert every, anyone, but to be the example is just a wonderful. Then our life becomes, as Gandhi says, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. This is our responsibility. This is our work. It's beautiful, powerful, and wonderful. So I thank you so much for your, for your, your listening, your wonderful being present with me, being in your authentic self, and knowing that the two most important things are that self-respect and that self-love. How may you and how may I do that even more complete in, an, in a healthier way this week? And that's, the, that's to, to listen, pay attention, and ask ourselves the questions. So it is. Thank you.